When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. I am Andrew Kahn. And I'm Aaron McMahon. We welcome a special guest to help preview the Big Ten football championship between Michigan and Purdue. So we're talking all things Big Ten title. Coming up on Wolverine Confidential. All right. Well, as I just mentioned in the intro, we welcome Mike Carmen, uh, who's been with the Journal and Courier. JCOnline.com is where you can find his work. Uh, 32 years uh, full-time on the Purdue football beat since 2009. Mike, uh, welcome to the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. Thanks for having me. Hope it's not too confidential. <laughs> no, that oh, we have laughs. Of that. It's always nice to have a guest on who can you know refresh how uh, you know. The, the origins of, of this title for this podcast. So, so what's that? What, what's that here can't be repeated? Is that what confidential means? I think the the idea, Aaron. Correct me if I'm wrong. Is that you know what's said here is supposed to be? We're we're bringing what should have been confidential, right? You know, Michigan football and basketball and whatnot insights, and we're we're putting it putting a light on it, get, putting it out to the people. That sounds right. Sounds right. We don't always do that, but you know, <laughs> yeah, that's. We didn't come up with the title back then, but you know, it, it, it stuck. Whatever, we we're proud of it. Uh, all right, so yeah, let's we're we're talking Michigan, uh, Purdue. It's it's a it's a it's a fresh matchup as the programs have not faced since 2017. You know, I guess if you wouldn't mind, Mike, kind of recapping how Purdue got to this point. Uh, it was a very it was a wild wild west uh, in the Big Ten. The East was very straightforward. Michigan and Ohio State were on this collision course. It seemed like all year. And, and, sure, and it happened this past Saturday. Um, but the West was uh, a lot of pieces moving around throughout the standings. I think I compared it to a demolition derby where everybody crashed into each other all year. And then Purdue came out of the smoldering rubble with a trophy and, a, and T-shirts and a hat. And they get to go to Indianapolis. And that's kind of been the theme of the Big Ten West over the years where it's more of a survival <laughs> at the lower level of college football, but it still, it still works. Well, it was, you know, anybody that would have won the West, it would have been an uneven journey from uh, August to, to December. And Purdue's journey has been uneven. They started one and two, probably should have beaten Penn state in the opener at Ross eight stadium uh, had a, you know, and Syracuse, not a conference game, but they just, they fell apart in that game. And you wondered at one and two, if they could pick themselves up and they did, you know, they went on a winning streak. They won at Minnesota, won at Maryland, two games I didn't think they would win on the road. Um, and then, you know, lost to Wisconsin and Iowa. After the Iowa loss, I thought their chances of winning the West would was probably over. 
but they got some help. Uh, they the schedule was kind to them, uh, finishing with Northwestern and Indiana. But the big the big win for them was going to Illinois and winning and uh, uh, kind of getting back in the race a little bit uh, and taking Illinois out of the race. Uh, so it's been a weird journey. They they had to overcome a lot of injuries. They had to overcome a lot of self inflicted wounds with unsportsmanlike penalties at the wrong time. You know, eliminating pick sixes and stuff like that. So it it's been a it's been a rocky journey to this point. But when this team started the season, this was the goal. Uh, I felt like they had a chance based on who they had coming back. And really a lot of it centered on Aiden O'Connell, uh, the quarterback. He came back for his sixth year and there was a lot of optimism that he could get them to this point. Um, and, he, and he has. And along with the schedule, I thought Purdue had a chance to really stay in the conversation a lot longer than they have in the past. And they did. And they're here. And now they get a chance to get on a stage they've never been on before. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. They, uh, as I'm sure you guys are well aware, uh, produce history playing highly ranked teams <laughs> comes into play uh, where they, they have a tendency to knock off uh, teams that are ranked pretty high. But we'll, we'll see what happens on Saturday. Mike, kind of going off that, what, what is the vibe of the team at the moment? I mean, are they just happy to be there? Or, I mean, do they genuinely feel like they can knock off this Michigan team? What, what, are they, what are they feeling like this week? What are they saying? Well, they are happy to be there, but they do believe that they can win. And I think that's a theme throughout college football. I don't think anymore in any games do, do teams go in thinking, oh, we got no shot. We got no shot. We're a whatever point underdog and they're Michigan, we're Purdue and all this kind of stuff. They, you know, there's there's a couple of players that are still around from the 2018 win over Ohio State, uh, that that magical night in Ross State Stadium when they took down uh, the Buckeyes. So if, and if you go through their their history, they 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 have a tendency to do that. They do believe that they can win, and they, they you wouldn't be this far unless they, you know, they did. They again, they are happy to be there. They feel like uh, they belong. Uh, they've earned their way here, um, and they're going to have to play really well to 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 handle this. But there there's a good there's a good vibe about them. They they feel they feel good about being here, and they feel like they're going to represent. Uh, themselves pretty well on Saturday. Hey, Aiden O'Connell was uh, was on that roster in 2017, the last time Michigan and and Purdue played. Uh, I guess Mike, could you tell us about you know him and this Purdue offense? Um, and then you know, not to diminish it at all, he's he's made headlines for the saddest of reasons: his his brother, um, you know, dying uh, just last week. Um, what is I guess what is his his status sort of going into this game? Well, he's going to play. Uh, I think he's getting back. Either he got back last night or he'll be back today to, you know, continue preparations for for the game. He, you know, obviously he needed time to be with his family and to to deal with the the, the sudden deaths and of his older brother and all that. You know, it's it's anytime these situations happen, you're you're kind of amazed and uh, astounded that uh, a guy can make it through go play a college football game uh, on Saturday that he did against IU. Um, and obviously the TV cameras caught him crying and um, and, and things like that. I, I was not at the game. I was in Portland covering basketball. And when I saw that and I saw who he was next to, he was next to the team chaplain. Um, and I figured something was up. There was mm -hmm. something going on personally with him. Um, 
that led him to that moment. And the way he played in the second half, you know, he he mustered up enough courage and strength to to get that done and lead his team to a victory. Um, and I, I I don't think he would miss this game. I don't think his family would want him to miss this game. But you know, he is he's the guy that that drives this offense, and it's a it's still a Jeff Brown pass offense. Still, that's what they lean on. That's their strength. But they've they've gone to more precision and timing routes as opposed to trying to hit the home run all the time because they used to have Rondell Moore. They used to have David Bell. They used to have NFL really talented receivers. Charlie Jones, the transfer from Iowa, he'll probably make his way into a training camp. He'll probably get on a roster at some point, but he's he wasn't at the same level as David Bell and those guys. So they've they've tweaked their offense a little bit, uh, but it's it's a lot of timing. And that's why in the month of November, Big Ten weather, they've they've struggled a little bit offensively because of you know, how they want to do things in the past game. Uh, but Aiden's also led led a running game, too, that that's much improved over the last uh, uh, couple of years. So, yeah, he's the rock. He's the guy that is uh, driving this thing. And um, I expect him to come and play well on, on Saturday. Aaron, based on what you just heard, obviously weather won't be a factor on Saturday <laughs> indoors. Um, yeah, does this look like a Purdue offense that could maybe exploit some things against Michigan? Yeah, I think so. I mean, Michigan, we've seen Michigan struggle with, with pass-happy offenses this year. I mean, it took them, you know, basically a full half to get used to Maryland and, and Talia Tagovaiola. Um, it took them basically a full half to, to, to adjust to Ohio State's pass-heavy pass, pass heavy attack. Um, yeah, I, I certainly think there's an opportunity for Purdue to move the football. Um, you know, Charlie Jones is a guy who's come up a couple of times now this week when interviewing coaches and, and Michigan players. They're certainly keying in on him. Jim Harbaugh has watched a lot of film on him. Uh, we spoke to one of Michigan's defensive coordinators today, Steve Klingscale, and, and he kind of characterized Charlie Jones as a system receiver. I, I don't know if that's an accurate per, per, you know, um, perception or not, but tell us a little bit more about Charlie Jones and how he's adapted really quickly and, and kind of what his role is in this, in this Purdue offense. Well, he's the, he's the number one guy because they needed a number one guy. Uh, they lost David Bell to the draft. Uh, Milton Wright, who was next in line to be the number one guy, was academically ineligible going into last year's bowl game and he, he's never made it back to the roster. So Purdue needed receiver help uh, in the portal and and they get it from a guy that went to Iowa and was buried on the depth chart at 21 catches last year. And the only reason he's at Purdue is because he grew up with Aiden O'Connell and they were childhood friends um, back in Illinois. They didn't go to the same high schools, but they, their families knew each other. Uh, they played youth sports together. They played football, you know, in the third and fourth grade together with Aiden chucking it around and Charlie running around and catching it. Um, and that's that's why he's here. And when he got in the portal and he showed interest in Purdue, Jeff Prom had to go ask Aiden O'Connell, hey, what about this guy? <laughs> can he help us? Can he, can he play? So basically they took Aiden's word knowing he, he knew Charlie Jones and to bring him in. And he's he's emerged as the number one guy. You know, there's been times this year where I thought he's he's thrown to Charlie too much and the other teams know it, but they have a connection and you you, you still have to uh, exploit that. Charlie's very quick, uh, very speedy. Uh, he's got he's got good hands. Uh, if you can if you if he gets if he gets inside position on a slant and there's no safety help, He'll 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 take it to the house, and he's done that a couple times this year. Uh, and he can he's got pretty good double moves. 
Um, so if, if O'Connell can get some time and, you know, Charlie can get some separation, then I think Purdue can have some success. And to me, that's a big key for Purdue and their receivers. Can they get separation against Michigan's defensive backs? And, you know, that to me, that's going to be a really key to see if, if that can happen and can, can Aiden be as uh, uh, precise with his accuracy as he, as he's been here recently. As as far as the, the other side of the ball produced defense, I mean, I look, they're eighth in the Big Ten and, you know, total defense and scoring defense. But, you know, the Big Ten is pretty loaded with, with really stout defenses. I mean, nationally, they're actually they, the number looks better. It's that 33, I think, in, in total defense. But I, I guess just, you know, beyond the numbers, kind of what what do you see from that unit? What do they do well? What do they what do they try to take away from opposing offenses? Well, the numbers won't completely show it, but they have been they have been decent against the run this year. Um, now, Wisconsin got them for some big gains. Uh, Iowa's freshman running back got 200 yards on them. One of those was a 75-yard run. Um, but they, you know, they have given up some some uh, some runs there, some some big gains. But a lot of the a lot of the run game they had problem with early in the year had to do with running quarterbacks. Syracuse they struggled to keep their guy under control. Florida Atlantic had a guy that rushed for 90 yards uh, against them. Uh, but then throughout most of the Big Ten, Minnesota didn't have their running quarterback. They 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 had uh, some problems with Maryland, but, you know, Wisconsin's not running the ball. Obviously, Spencer Peters from Iowa's not running the ball, and there's some other, guy, other guys that are just not going to are, are going to run it. But they've, they've held up well against the run. Now, can they hold up against this offensive line? and uh, the talented running backs that Michigan has. And the reason they've done well against the run is they, uh, they've they played 10 to 12 players on the defensive line. They'll do shift changes. I mean, they'll bring four, four new guys in at, 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 at any moment. And the depth has really kept their main players fresh uh, later in the games, and, they, and they've been pretty effective. Now, they've suffered some injuries there. One of their top tackles is out, Branson Dean. Uh, he, he's had a really good year, but he's missed the last three games. Um, and they've had, you know, some other injuries there, but they still have a lot of depth there and they're still going to rotate guys. The, the area of concern for Purdue, it has been the second half of the year is a secondary. Um, I'll be kind and say they've been atrocious. (laughs) I mean, it's been, it's been bad. I mean, Nebraska had receivers running all over the place, wide open and uh, other teams have have exploited that. They've just been in, they've been in the wrong position. They've missed tackles. Uh, they've just been exploited. And I, I would expect Michigan, even though their strength maybe is not throwing the ball, they're going to take their shots and they're going to they're going to try to to make some plays now. Purdue hasn't played strong passing games here recent teams here recently. So some of that might get covered up a little bit, but they have not had a good year in the back half. And they've and I, I don't know if it could be fixed in a week's time. Uh so that's that's an area I think that really concerns Purdue as long as you know if Michigan wants to attack through the air, I think they're going to have success. Aaron, I guess, you know, my question for you here off of that is, do you take last week's performance uh, from Michigan's offense against Ohio State as sort of an anomaly, or is is this a, a new element to this offense? Because, I mean, you can't deny, they put up 45 points without ever really getting great field position. I mean, they, they, had, to, they had to move the ball down the field for all those, those touchdowns, but they didn't necessarily have to do it methodically either. It was it was with a lot of, as you know, you know, long touchdown plays. But maybe it sounds like that's something that could happen again against Purdue. 
I, I got to think so. You know, in, in talking to coaches and players this week, it sounded like they've been saving some of those deep balls for for Ohio State. You know, we talked about it. It seemed like week after week, when was Michigan going to uncork the passing game? And they finally decided to do it against the Buckeyes. Um, now, a lot, you know, several of those deep balls were to wide open receivers. Uh, some, so some of it, I think, was scheme and, and play calling and, and game playing and everything else. So you, you got to think now that Michigan has put some of that on tape. Purdue is, has the opportunity to watch it and prepare for it. Um, and try and try to take it away. But I, yeah, I got to think Michigan's going to try and throw the ball again. We don't know the status of Blake Corum. I, I suspect he's going to, just like last week, going to try and give it a go again. Um, I don't know how long he'll last or how long he'll be able to go for. And then Blake Corum's still dealing with that, or excuse me, Donovan Edwards is still dealing with that that hand injury. So Michigan, I think, is going to have to throw the ball again to some degree um, to try and move the football. Um, so we'll see. Um, I, I, I got to think that, you know, based on what Mike was saying, Michigan should, should have an opportunity here to get some yards through the air. Um, but, you know, it was basically one week. I mean, that's all we had seen from the passing game. They, yes, they were successful. Um, it was part of it. Part of it was because they've been holding, holding it back for so long. None of it was on tape. Um, so I, I'm really curious to see how, how Michigan fares. You know, I'm looking at the Purdue defense right now. They're, they got 13 receptions. I'm going to assume that that came in bunches. And maybe earlier in the year, Mike, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but um, so it seems like that there's an opportunity there for, for them to take, some, you know, take, get some takeaways. But at the same token, when you look at Michigan's passing game, JJ McCarthy's been very um, efficient. He, he hasn't thrown many interceptions. He doesn't make a ton of mistakes when he is throwing the ball. Um, so I got to think Michigan's going to have an opportunity to to pass the ball and be successful doing it. Mike, uh, my last thing for you, unless Aaron's got something for you after, but give me give me an X factor in this game, whether it's you know a player or or. Uh, something ha- you know a, a thing that you know gives Purdue hope in this game because when you know when you're a 15 16 point underdog whatever it is uh yeah i mean uh, you know on paper it doesn't necessarily seem uh like they have a great chance to win this game um but you know give me a reason why why they could uh you know if they can find some success on the ground with their uh running back with Devin Mockaby who's a walk on uh, they've 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 got a lot of walk-ons that are former walk-ons who are now in scholarship. So uh, that's kind of the it's been the been the theme of Purdue's program. But you know he has a chance to to get a thousand yards on the ground, which no Purdue running back has done that since two thousand eight. Um, so if they can get some success on the ground, I think it will help them offensively. It helps keep the Michigan offense off the field. Uh, but they're they're also dealing with. Um, an injury to their veteran center, Gus Hartwig. He uh, suffered a leg injury against Northwestern. So they've, they've got a backup in there who's, who played against Northwestern, played against Indiana, and he'll play, he'll play uh, Saturday as well. So they've been decimated a little bit. But if they can find some success on the ground or uh, if, if O'Connell can find some other receivers other than Charlie Jones or tight end Payton Durham, if a guy like Marshawn Rice or TJ Sheffield or Deion Burks, can make some plays for them, you know, I, I think that would kind of help balance out their offense a little bit. Um, you know, it's just, you know, they don't have to play perfect, but they can't, they can't just give possessions away either. You know, they can't turn the ball over. They can't have bad penalties. They just, there are a lot of things that have to go right for them uh, in, in this game. And um, so those are some of the things that probably would help them, at least stay in the game and and have a chance. And I mean, as you guys know, the, the longer an underdog stays in the game, especially 
in this environment, which I think there'll be a lot of Purdue fans there. I mean, I know there'll be a lot of Michigan fans there, but this this probably should have a feel of a home a home game from a fan standpoint for Purdue because uh, of the location. And um, if they can if they can ride that momentum, uh, you'll get to the second half with still a chance. Uh, you know, then, you know, you give them a little bit better shot, but, you know, they just can't get knocked out early and, uh, and, and have things unravel and then end up what the score was last year in that game. Was it 42 to three uh, with uh, Michigan beating Iowa? Yes. Yeah. It will be interesting to see the fan breakdown. Uh, you know, Michigan sold out its allotment. I know that, but um yeah, it's a, it's a it's a big building, so we'll we'll see how it all how it all shakes out uh, on Saturday night, eight seventeen p.m. <laughs> Eastern Time kickoff on Fox. Uh, Mike, thanks so much for for joining the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. Uh, JCOnline.com is where you can find his work leading up to after probably during the game at some point there'll be there'll be things published up there. So uh, yeah, thanks again for your time. Yeah, thanks for having me.